0: Go to Romans, if you would, please, the uh, 12th chapter. We've begun here uh, on Sunday mornings on a series that we're calling The Perfect Will of God. The Perfect Will of God. And we, uh, our, our main text is here, Romans 12, 1 and 2. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you uh, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, or some translations say worship. Now let's back up to verse 1. This is the will of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice wholly acceptable. See, that's an indication of it being pleasing to God, his will. Verse two, and be not conformed to this world. So that's not the will of God. Being conformed to this world. We should watch about listening to the world, feeding on the world, watching the world's things because the lord gave me a phrase some years ago tolerance is the first step to conformity he told us to not be conformed to this world and and most believers they don't just get up one day and say i'm just going to live like the devil <laughs> that's not how it happens it happens by degree and the subtlety of the enemy is getting you to tolerate it. No, you're not going to do it. You're not going to accept it. You're not going to participate it, but you tolerate it. You tolerate it. And the, the, the Lord quickened to me that that is a step towards conformity. Tolerance, tolerating is the first step toward conformity. And it's not by accident that you hear the world spouting tolerance. 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 Oh we need to be tolerant. We need to tolerate everybody's everything. And you'll even hear people say well that's what Jesus taught. Jesus taught love and tolerance. He did not. You have not read your Bible if you believe that. He taught repentance. That's a lot of difference between repentance and tolerance. Repentance and faith in the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom. And he commanded his believers to love each other. But no, he didn't preach love and tolerance. Don't let unbelievers tell you what Jesus preached. Okay? Amen. <laughs> Don't be conformed to this world. It's all around us, this world. This world's ways. And so we this not being conformed will not be achieved by accident. We'll have to make an effort to resist conformity because there are forces at work pushing us to conform. Conform, tolerate it, accept it, and become like it. And you need to say, no, (laughs) no, we resist that, right? Don't be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. Transformed. Don't allow the ungodly pressures around you to conform you into the mold of the ungodly world, but be transformed. Now, this is the word uh, we get our word metamorphosis from, like a a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. This is not a, a little change. This is giant change. Be transformed. Everybody say transformed. Transformed. How's this going to happen? How are we going to be transformed? So that people, after an X amount of time, they do a double take at us. They go, wow, you've changed. And you go, is it good? They go, oh, yeah. Yeah. Meaning you become more and more like Jesus. Like the master himself. Uh, transformed. How's that going to happen? Well to become more like Jesus you'd need to find out what he's like. And when you find out what Jesus is really like you just found out the will of God. Because everything he said, everything he did was and is a perfect manifestation of the unchanging will of God. Didn't Jesus say, if you've seen me, yes. you've seen the right? Yes. You've seen the Father. You saw him. You saw his will. You, you heard his words. You, you saw his ways. That's what will transform us into Christ-likeness and God-likeness is the renewing of our mind to what end? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Finding the will of God, allowing our thinking to be changed to the will of God will cause the renewing of our mind, which will result in us being transformed into and more and more outwardly in from the inside out into Christ likeness. So should we be interested to find the will of God? That you may prove, that you may test and identify and approve what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now the word perfect means complete, entire, complete. So if there is a complete will of God, what else must there be? Incomplete. If there's a perfect will of God, there's a partial, partial will of God. And many are living only in part of the will of God. And in part of the will of God, you'll experience part of the blessing. (laughs) If you want the full experience of the full measure of the blessing... You need to live in the perfect will of God. Amen. And in order to live in the perfect will of God, you've got to find out what it is. Right. And then you've got to be take the acts and steps of faith to do right. the will of God. There are four main things that we're getting into uh, about how to find the will of God. And how to find more of the will of God and the, the complete will of God. And the, uh, the first one that we've talked about is His Word is His will. Everybody say it out loud. His Word, his word is, his will. is His will. He has revealed His will and His ways extensively in the inspired anointed Word of God. And most people are woefully ignorant of the Bible pitifully ignorant of the Bible. So therefore, they're going to be ignorant of his will, of his ways. Go with me, if you would, to First Timothy. First Timothy. I mentioned that uh, in the beginning days of Phyllis and my finding out about our call in ministry, we had been married for... A year or two, and uh, her job, her work, gave her access to some teaching tapes—not CDs, tapes—and <laughs> uh, we got a hold of some tapes by Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, Brother Kenneth Copeland, Charles Caps, Jerry Savel, uh, different ones, and uh, man, it changed our life. I mean. What what did we find out through that? The will of God. The will of God. We found out that it was God's will for us to have something financially and materially. We didn't believe that up until then. You know, we subsisted, but it, it just, it wasn't in our thinking that we could have nice things or be at a different place financially. We found out that God delights in uh, increasing his people and blessing his people. Amen. Hallelujah. He, he gives you richly right. all things to enjoy. Amen. Is that the Bible? Yeah. If it's the Bible, what is it? What is it? It's his will. Said out loud, His Word, His word. is His will. Is. See, and once you know the Word of God and you know His will, don't let anything cause you to question that, right. or say, "Well, may, you know, yeah, but maybe it's not His will." No, the Word said it is His will. Yes. So that's it. We don't question that anymore. That's right. In uh, First Timothy, two, what I. Uh, was getting to is that after a year or so of um, feeding on the word I began to get really dissatisfied. And I didn't know why but just because there was a call on our life. I had no plans of going into the ministry. I had no plans of being a preacher. But it... uh, I got so dissatisfied and, it, and I realized it wasn't because of any natural thing. I had a lot of reasons to be thankful in our little community and our little life but I had no vision for the kingdom and I had no vision for ministry and and so I, I prayed the best I knew how and I say, Lord, what I knew something was going on. What is it? It'd keep me up at night. I'd get up and go out in the yard and even go out in the woods and, and say, God, what is it? What, what is it? And I did this for months. And not knowing, but what am I looking for? I'm looking for his will. Something inside me tells me there's more. Deep calls to deep. And uh, something in me was calling to what God had called us to that my head was completely unaware of. And so uh, finally one night, exasperated about it again. I'm up. It's uh, one or two in the morning or something and nothing else is going on. But I I was in our little living room there and by our little plastic couch. And uh, with the red shag carpet. And uh, I, uh, <laughs> do you have some of that too? Yeah. Or green, whatever it might be, was green? Or... <laughs> hey, at least we had some, huh? And uh, I was crying out to the Lord again, Lord, what? Talk to me, speak to me. And, and I mean, I finally got quiet and in my heart. I heard, not an audible voice, but distinct to me. He said, Keith, he, he drew my attention to the Bible that was sitting on the coffee table. He said, Keith, I've already said many things to you in the book. Find out what I've said to you. And if I want to say something else to you, I will. And I got up and I got a hold of the Bible. <laughs> And I opened it up and I realized, I want God to speak to me. He is speaking on every page. Is that right? I want God to speak. And what I didn't realize is I didn't need spectacular experiences, audible voices and what have you, without a foundation of the word. Because I wouldn't have really known who was talking to me. I need and everybody needs a foundation of the word to be able to discern if there is a spectacular experience because the devil does stuff. The enemy does stuff and it's spiritual and it's real and his favorite thing is to pass himself off as a messenger of God. That's That's his favorite thing to do. And his ministers, you know, as as angels of light. But they're not. They're deceivers and liars. You say, well, how, how will I know the difference? Because of a foundation of this. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger's voice, they won't follow. But how do you come to know a voice better and better? If you've lived with somebody else, you know, husband and wife, Phyllis and I been together soon be forty five years, and uh, if she calls on the phone, <laughs> she said that might that was a lot of information there. Uh, <laughs> if I hear her voice, even if it's over the phone over a bad connection, right. I mean within milliseconds, yeah, right. I know it's her. Yeah, that's right. And she hears my voice. I mean, why she's heard this voice a lot <laughs> I've heard her voice a lot when the voice was happy when it was upset when it was excited we all the spectrum of it well how are you going to be stronger and clearer and stronger and clearer about the voice of the lord you have heard him do you know he's speaking in genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and the Psalms and Isaiah and Matthew, Mark, Luke and John Acts, Revelation, it's a different human instrument but it's the same voice same voice of the spirit and the more familiar you become with that then you get harder and harder to fool or to mislead because you everybody said out loud, "I am his sheep. I, am his sheep. I know his, voice. I know his voice. And voice and a stranger's voice. I won't follow. I won't follow. And so I just point that out because I recognize in my own life, that's where I and Phyllis and I begin to find and be established in the will of God. was we begin to put the word first place. And and, and I practiced it like that. I I realized God is speaking on every page. And so I would open up to whatever I'm going to read and I'd say, Lord, talk to me. And I'd start reading. Is it true that these are the words of God forever settled? And the word of God is the will of God. This is the will of God. Don't think you know all there is to know about that. If you're looking for the will of God in any area and the Word has something to say about it, you've already got the will of God in the Word. Now there are some things that are specific to you. I mean, you you can't find a verse about who you're supposed to marry, you know, with their name in it and, and, and that kind of thing or a particular thing about your specific maybe um, business or vocation or that kind of thing but that's what the Lord said to me he said find out what I've already said to you in, in the Bible in the word and if I want to say something else to you I will and then eventually he did he, he, he would give us a word here and a word there and that's progressed these decades now we will have been in the ministry uh, in just a few weeks 40 years and the Lord has led us step by step, by step. And he is not hiding his will from you. He is not making it difficult. It is obvious to those that have eyes to see it and ears to hear it. And so number one, you find his will in his word. And even when he would give you a specific something in addition to you personally, It's going to be in line with and based on everything he's already said in his word. So your knowledge of the word, being full of his word, is going to uh, protect you and it's going to be the basis of recognizing anything he would say to you personally and individually. In fact, just uh, where are you? Yeah, yeah. Hold your place there. And go to Colossians. And the the fourth chapter, Colossians 4 and 12, he says Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So the will of God encompasses all, all areas. And like we said, there are two big errors that are even preached and believed among a lot of church people where the will of God is concerned. One of them is, is that everything is God's will. Everything that happens is somehow the will of God. That is not true. That's contrary to the word. All manner of things are happening on this planet that are not the will of God. That's right. That don't please him. And another error is that people say, well, the will of God is is so mystical, it's so advanced beyond our understanding that you can't understand it. Nobody can really know. So you don't know why things happen or what you're supposed to do. Well, if I'm expected to know and do the will of God, I must be able to understand it. That's right. That's right. That doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, I'm supposed to do the will of God, but I can't understand it. No. And so what good would it do to pray? If either everything already is the will of God, or you can't understand the will of God anyway. There'd be no, why pray? Pray to know and stand perfect. There's that word perfect that we saw in Romans 12. Complete. He even has the word in this verse, perfect and complete. In all the will of God. Now back up to the first chapter of Colossians. Colossians 1, and here is a prayer that you can pray for this to accomplish what he said Epaphras was praying to accomplish. Colossians 1 and 9. He said, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord. See now first is finding out the will of God and then next is walking it out. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. See, all of this is a prayer. Yes. Is a prayer. So we, number one, we talk about how to find the will of God, His Word. His Word is his will, reveals his will, is his will. And number two, we talked about last weekend, ask, ask. We saw how that David, King David, was called a man after God's own heart. And Acts, in the book of Acts, it defines what that is. A man after God's own heart, the Lord said he's a man after my own heart, Who will do all my will? A man or a woman after God's own heart is somebody who wants to do his will. Wants to please him. And the biggest obstacle, the biggest enemy to his will is your will. That's it. The biggest hindrance to God's will is the will of man man's will. And so you have many times that people are not asking because they really don't want to know. That's right. That's it, yeah. They've already got a plan, yep. right? Yeah. They've already got a plan. And even at that, the Lord knows our hearts. And we saw in John 7 where that he said, if any man wills to do his will. He will know, basically, whether it's of God or or whether it's of man. This is how you can get the, the clarity. You know, how many are asking, is that God or is that just me? Is that God or is that their idea? Well, it comes back to a heart that is willing to submit to the will of God. A fool will ignore God's will and pursue your own plan. But a wise man or woman will submit their will to his will, acknowledging he's smarter than I am. He knows more than I am, but it requires trust. I said it requires trust. One of the biggest examples and evidence of this is Jesus when he was in the garden resisting temptation and what did he pray father all things are possible with you so in other words he has full faith in the father that he can do things a number of different ways and we're going to talk we're going to get into this at some point God can do things more than one way Uh, And so when you're talking about his his ultimate will for his church, his kingdom, his plan, that will be done with or without you or me. (laughs) Come on, y'all with me. Even if it was God's will for you to have a specific part of it, he doesn't force anybody to do anything. And you or I can ignore him. We can procrastinate. We can put things off until we miss our window of opportunity. And it can get to the point where it is so time critical. He will use someone else. Yes, yes. And and that part of his will. It will be done. But his perfect will for your life in that case would not have been done. Amen. So. When people say, well, no, the will of God will be done. It depends on what you're talking about. But he's not going to force you to subjugate your will to his. If he was going to do that with anybody, he would make people get saved. Right? Save them from hell. And if he's not going to do that, then he's not going to make you submit your will in any other area that's a lesser area. We have to willingly submit our will to his will to find out the fullness of his will. If you, John 7, 17, I believe it is, he said, if any man wills to do his will, that's Young's literal translation, he will find out. You know, whether it's of, of God, whether I speak of myself, if any man wills to do his will. That's a heart thing. It's a choice. The very Greek word translated will has to do with volition and with choice. What is your will? It's inseparable from your choice. Your choice. When you say I will do this, what did you just say? I choose to do this. I'm making a choice to do this. He said, verse nine, for this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. Does it do any good to pray and ask about revelation for the will of God? Yes, it does. We got evidence of it multiple places here. Don't, he said, I don't cease to pray for you. And then he brought up in the fourth chapter that Epiphras was a strong one praying for them, for them to, to be complete in all the will of God. Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Number one. His word is his will. Number two. You got to have a willing heart and want to know it. And ask for it. Ask. It will be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it'll be open to you. How many in here want to know the will of God for the rest of your life? Can't do anything about the past. Are you sure? What if it is, pack your bags and go 10,000 miles away? Serve in a church with a dirt floor. Yeah, but I've already retired. See there? (laughs) One of the biggest issues in this whole thing is that millions of people don't really want to know. They don't really want to know the will of God. And see, the Lord, with other people, maybe they can't tell, but the Lord, before you ever start talking, He sees right into the midst of you. He looks right down into the depths of your heart. He knows if there's any need in even talking to you about it or not. He does. He knows. That's why some things are delayed. Because he knew there's no need talking to them about it right now. They won't do it. They won't do it. Maybe if they'll get fed. Maybe if they'll start growing, maybe their faith will increase, their vision will increase. But do you want to know <laughs> the complete will of God? Do you, do you want to know? If it, you know, the rich young ruler, he came talking like he wants to know. He wants to know about eternal life. Is that right? He wants to, oh man, he is jazzed, he's ready. He's so excited and the Lord says, great, good, liquidate everything, liquidate everything and sow it into people that are in need and you come and follow me. This is your new job full time. And he said, huh, huh? Did he do it? No. no. Not that we have any record of. On that day, he for sure didn't. And um, so, did he really want to know the will of God? No. He thought he did. Acted like he did. But he wasn't ready in his heart for the will of God. It's quiet in here. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of the biggest reasons why millions are not in the perfect will of God, they're not doing the perfect will of God in their life, because they hadn't got to the place where they really want to know. If you will to do his will, well why would you be that way? And, and you know, they're, they're all kind of Christians. That they they live on the fringe of being a believer. They don't want to get too, too deeply committed because it's going to mess up your what you're doing. It's going to mess up your schedule and your involvements and your plans. Because you know who knows what the Lord might ask you to do if you really just went all the way. <laughs> what that is, is fear and distrust. So it comes right back to how much do we trust him? Abraham. Abraham is famous forever. When you get to heaven, you're going to, want to meet him. You're going to like him. Everybody in the kingdom of God knows Abraham forever he's important forever why when you get to the end of his earth life and walk with God he was willing to give Isaac his dream his hope His life at that point. His future at that point. His only, he and Sarah's only begotten son. He was willing to do that in keeping his covenant commitment to God who called him his friend. And the way he was able to do that, Hebrews reveals, is he remembered God said in Isaac... Your seed will be called. And Isaac's not even married yet. He doesn't have any children. So he concluded Isaac cannot die and stay dead on this mountain. Because the word of God would not come to pass. So he, he quickly deduced God must be going to raise him from the dead. He has to raise him from the dead if this is what happens. And so he believed for the resurrection. Come on. Does any of this sound familiar? He offered up his only begotten son. And believed for resurrection. Giving God. Complete right. To do this for all his seed forever. Because Abraham his friend. Did it for him. Abraham's a big deal. He will be forever. But why did I say all that. He didn't start with that. Abraham didn't start with offering his son and trusting God enough to believe for him to raise him from the dead. That's not where he started. Rewind. God said, Abram, leave home. Isn't that what he said? Leave home, leave your father's house. Leave your kin, folks, and go to a place I'm going to show you. Is that the will of God for Abram? Yes, Yes, it is. So now he knows the will of God. What's it going to take now? Look at this. Look at this prayer here in Colossians. He said that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Now that Abram knows the will of God, what's the will of God for him? Leave Leave home. Leave Leave mom and daddy. Leave my old stomping grounds. Leave and go to a place where he's going to show me what, what has to happen now for him to find out. He knows nothing yet about Keeping covenant commitment. Offering your only begotten son. He knows nothing about that. That's, that's years down the road. If you follow. If you don't follow. You never find out about it. How is Abraham going to find out. The next part of the will of God. For his life. He won't find out. Any more. Until he. Leaves home. For him. Now, what did did it take for him to do that? Pack up, leave home, family, everything, go out. You don't know where you're going. What does that take? Come on, what does that take? Faith or trust. So he's not doing it, you know, just crying and feeling sorry for himself. I'm so sorry I have to leave you, mama. (laughs) I don't know if I'll ever see the old home place anymore. Anybody puts their hands to the plow and looks back is not worthy. Did you see this walk worthily? Did you see that? What? what? That's unbelief. I said that's unbelief. That's not trusting God. If he told you to leave here and go there then you should get excited if you trust him. You're like, oh, man, there's my place over there. That's where the good things are going to happen. Right? right? That's right. And he, it, there were steps like that every step. Every so many years, there was another big command and, and instruction, and it took faith. And it took faith until he got to the place where he trusted God. He had, he had he'd seen God come through again and again. Every time he trusted him, every time he obeyed him. It worked out wonderful. It took him to a place he couldn't have taken himself. And so he trusts God. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Woo! And we are his seed, Abraham's seed. And we're heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. And it works exactly the same way with us. In order to find out his full and complete will, you look in the word and with a willing heart somebody says, well how how can I be willing and I don't know what he might tell me. Exactly. (laughs) It takes There's that word again. It it takes faith or trust. Same thing. It takes trust. What do you mean? God's not going to hurt me. He's not just going to take something away from me and leave me without and me be in worse shape than ever and never recover. He will never do that to you. Would he ever ask you for your Isaac? He has, (laughs) and he does. But only if you follow him to that place. And if he does, you should start shouting immediately. Is that right? Because what he has planned for you, what what that means is you have qualified for a place that most have not. Why is Abraham, Abraham? Yes forever. Who He is, what He is, what He's done. He left home. He went out not knowing where He was going. He obeyed God every step of the way. He trusted His God. Stand up on your feet everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge